0: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I see some visitors here. God bless those that are uh visiting this morning. If it's your first time, we want to welcome you. Uh so glad to see you all here in God's house, uh, one of the safest places to ever uh be. We trust God that you had a blessed week. You're still here, you've survived. So, regardless of what you encountered, you're still here. Can we give God praise for that? We're still here. Amen. <laughs> Good to see my friend back there, was in the hospital earlier uh, this week, but God has blessed him and he looks strong, looks good. So we praise God uh, for my brother back there um, who God has blessed. All right, man, God's got something to say this morning. God is a God that speaks. He's alive. He's the God with the voice of many waters. One time before I went to bed, I asked God, I said, God, I want to encounter with you. I want to encounter with your Holy Spirit. And as I laid there in bed about two or three in the morning, I was sleeping on my stomach, which I never do. And my ear was up to the ceiling. And about two or three o'clock in the morning, I heard the loudest sound I ever heard in my life. It sounded like that I put my ear under Niagara Falls and a whole waterfall was rushing into my ear. And what God let me know was that was my encounter with him. He let me hear his voice. The Bible says that God's voice is the voice of many waters. I don't know if you've ever been to a waterfall, but they don't shut up. You can tell a waterfall to be quiet if you want, but that water's going to roar and it's going to just keep moving. So God has a voice that continues to speak. But the question is, are his children listening? Evening. So my prayer for you this morning is this, those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church this morning, may your ears be open and may your minds be attentive and may your hearts be receptive to what God has to say this morning. I am concluding uh, a series entitled Learning to Live in Christ. We started this way back in October and today is the the finish of it, uh, if it's the Lord's will. Uh, the, The title of the message is The Triumphant Finale. And this is what we are going to receive if we learn to live in Christ, there's going to be some triumph. So, you see these eight signs on the wall. It used to be some banners, but we've upgraded and uh, we now have them hanging on the wall. The name of this church is New Life Christian Ministries founded over 40 years ago by my father, Apostle and Pastor Edward Tibbs. But when I took over about six years ago, God began speaking to me about a series of messages based in love. And then he told me to start teaching you guys about faith and then i started teaching you about identity and then i told you about eternal purpose and then i began to look at all the letters and saw that it spelled life and i said wow god you are so smart way smarter than me Life. So now when we have this new life in Christ, when we have become born again, we get new love from God. We get a new identity from God. We get this faith from God and also eternal purpose. So this is based on our new relationship with christ but after we come to life in christ we have to learn how to live in him so then he needs to be our head disciple we follow him into a life of discipleship so the way that we live our life now is not through stress because because work was the curse don't don't go don't go to work tomorrow and tell your boss that (laughs) listen i ain't working that work is the curse no We live our lives now spiritually by rest because we did not have rest before. When you're a sinner, you do not have rest. You have stress. You have trouble. You have turmoil. But when you come to Christ, he gives you rest and peace for your soul. Where does this rest come from? It comes, it comes from God's word. For Jesus said this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So that is scripture. That is the Bible. That is Jesus. So as we enter into God's rest, we have to live it by faith because he's going to speak to us through revelation. Whatever God says, that's revelation. That's the revealed truth. It's unbreakable. It never fails. Anything he says from heaven comes down to the earth. It's fulfilled, returns back up to him, and it does exactly what he commanded it to do. So Jesus Christ was the word made flesh. He came down to earth, did exactly what the father had him do, returned triumphantly triumphantly to heaven, and now he's seated at the right hand of God. God's word never fails. Jesus Christ is the living word of God. That Bible that you have is Jesus in in print. So when you trust in the word of God, when you trust in revelation, your life will not fail. If you got bills, God can help you pay those bills because you put your faith in his word. If you got sickness, God can heal that sickness because you put your faith in his word and what he says. It never fails. Doctors practice but Jesus heals Uh, with no copay. After revelation comes empowerment. So each one of you has faith living on the inside of you. And when that faith mixes with God's word, you become empowered. You say, oh, that must be the truth. God, I believe you. By your stripes, I'm healed. God, you are my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. So the word empowers you. Say this with me. The word empowers me so after you become empowered god gives you a strategy all right just last week god gave me my wife and i a strategy he said this he said i want you guys to be a blessing to somebody so we did it it was it was an amount probably bigger than we've ever given someone all right because he spoke to me say revelation god spoke to me he said be a blessing to somebody My faith and my wife's faith were excited. We were empowered in that moment to obey God, he gave us a strategy. He says, give the money away, help these people. And the triumph was on the same day that we gave, we received double plus 100 of what we gave. Because do you know why? Because when God speaks, his word never fails. But you have to be empowered by your faith to trust him. And when you trust God, he will give you a strategy. And if he says march around the wall seven times, you don't march six You mark seven, and when you do what God says do, it will always end up in triumph. I can just drop the mic now and go home, right? That was a sermon right there, but those are the eight pillars in which this ministry has been built. Life and rest. And now we come to the conclusion of what it's like to learn to live our life in Christ and the eternal purpose and the triumph of that purpose. Let's bow our heads as we get ready to go into the Word of God. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to feed your sheep. Just like you told Peter, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Three times you told him this. And God, I thank you for delivering me and all all pastors, from the responsibility of what happens after we feed the sheep. So many times we become depressed and despondent because we fed the sheep, but we don't see the sheep behaving as they should. That's not our responsibility. So today I free myself from what happens after I feed the sheep. I'm just going to be obedient to you, God, and give them thus saith the Lord. And it's their choice whether to eat it, to believe it, to receive it, and to do it, or not. So, God, empower your servant this day with your anointing, God, to preach your word and empower your sheep this morning that you died to save, that they might hear your word and not just be hearers only, but doers of your word. I pray, God, for great revelation in this message today that will empower us with strategy for triumph. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're learning to live life in Christ, and today's message is entitled The Triumphant Finale. So, what do we get? for living our life in Christ. What is the result? What is the reward? What is our expectation to the soul that says, you know what, I die to self, I pick up my cross to deny myself and follow you, Jesus. I'm going to make myself no longer a place where sin occurs, but I'm going to make myself a habitation for the Holy Spirit. I'm going to become a new creation. Church, can you say new creation? I am not going to just be a sinner anymore. I am going to be righteous through my faith in God. You see, Adam was the first man, but Jesus was the first God man. He was the first God man so that we could become men and women of God. Let's celebrate that fact this morning. That because of what Jesus did for us, now we're not just related to Adam, which leads to death but now we have life and life eternal bubbling up on the inside of us so that when we take our last breath on earth when we open our eyes on the other side we will see the face of Jesus Christ in peace because he is the author and the finisher of our faith and what our faith is aimed at is eternal life I am not wrapped up in this world that I see before me because the world that you can see is temporary the bible says that everything that you can see is temporary your marriage your job your car your house your kids it's all temporary how do we know it's temporary because it's so painful when it leaves When a loved one leaves, it's painful. Why? Because what you saw was just temporary. But what you cannot see is eternal. God is a God of the eternal. God is the God of the invisible. It's the invisible things that last forever. Don't put all your stock in things that you can see. What does it profit a man to gain the entire world of things he can see and lose his soul? So, Jesus is the beginning of a new people created from a dying race. That dying race was everyone born of a woman, everyone that came from the loins of Adam. That's us. So God's radical plan birthed a new radical clan of people with eternal life in his son called Christians. I want to say that again. God's radical plan, that was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God's radical plan birthed a new radical clan of people, say that's us with eternal life in his son called Christians. They were given power over the devil and the task of telling the world the good news. That's what a Christian is. You are a new breed of people. You are no longer prisoners of this body or prisoners of sin whom the son has set free is free indeed. You are totally a new creation. The Adam in you is dead. The Adam and you was filthy and sinful and Jesus Christ came in the flesh so that sin could be pronounced on him so that all that believed on him would receive righteousness why because there had to be a great trade you see it was unfair for all of us to be labeled a sinner just because Adam sinned so by the sin of one man we were all deemed sinners but this new man this new God man named Jesus Jesus Christ came to the earth and did not sin one time so that all who would believe on him would receive righteousness by one man's life of righteousness. And these new people are called Christians. And we are a whole new people on this earth. We are more powerful than Americans, than the Japanese, than the North Koreans, than the Africans. We are the most powerful force on the face of the earth because the creator of heaven and earth lives on the inside of us. We have been given all power over the enemy, and we've been given an assignment or an assignment to tell the world the good news. That's who we are, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. If Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us, we have a new source of life. Now, this is my grandmother she would have been a hundred years old this year and if there ever 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 was a Christian it was this woman full of the power of God a praying woman a holy woman, a kind and a loving woman but she has went on to receive her reward but here's what must occur you see Christians are dying just like sinners are dying but we can't afford for the Christian race to stop with those who have went on to heaven so we must be born again and continue to be fruitful and multiply. You see Adam was told that from the beginning. I need a race of people on this earth that I'm going to give dominion to. Be fruitful and multiply. Now Jesus said the same thing before he went back to heaven. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we could be fruitful and multiply. This world needs the Christ in you. I don't need Jim. The world doesn't need Jim, doesn't need Kyle, doesn't need me, it needs the christ in me because i am not the hope of the world you are not the hope of the world biden trump are not the hope of the world the hope of the world is christ in us the hope of glory now jesus is this new source of life let's go to the bible first corinthians chapter 15 Jesus Christ is the new source of life. If it seems like I'm screaming at you, I am. I'm excited and this is the end of this series and this is the icing on the cake. This is the triumph. This is what we get for living a life in Christ. For picking up our crosses and denying ourselves. For for being under the influence of the Holy Spirit instead of under the influence of sin. This is the triumph. Now Jesus is the source of this new life. We're in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 45, and it says this, the scriptures tell us The first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Say this with me, church. I am the heavenly people. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies, this is why we have to die, this is why Grandma Reedy had to die, what I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a one Wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die, our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, is anybody believing this? anybody believing this? Yes. <laughs> This is the triumph of your faith in Jesus Christ that even though your natural body will die and they will have a funeral for you Jesus Christ is going to show up in the graveyard just like he showed up at the tomb of Lazarus and he said Lazarus come forth and the man that was dead come back from the dead and came out of the grave. Jesus Christ is coming back. His name is the resurrection. He's going to blow there's going to be a mighty trumpet that blows at the end of time and all who were dead in Christ will rise again. That is the triumph of living life in Jesus Christ. It's not just so that you can go to church. It's not just so that you can get a house and have a nice life and not be sick or pray for the sick. The triumph of living life in Jesus Christ is that you will never die. That you will never die. That you will receive a a new body, and you will forever be with God where he is. That is the triumph of living a life in Christ and outside of that is only death. Outside of that is only hell. Because listen, listen to this fact that's been, this, this fact has just been on repeat in my heart like a skipping record. That's how old I am. Skip, skipping records. Listen to this. Some of us will live forever, and some of us will die forever. But we all are eternal beings. I'll say it again. Some of us will live forever, while some of us will die forever. What's it mean to die forever? To be cast into eternal flames, and to feel their warmth, and never die. What kind of God would do that? The same kind of God that would say, you know what? I'm going to make a way for you not to have to go there. I'm going to come to earth myself and I'm going to take all your sins and punishment upon me. And all you have to do, you don't have to live a good life. Because the law proved that you could not live a good life. You don't have to do it for yourself. Just believe on my son, Jesus Christ, and he will give you life and life eternal. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is why we trust Jesus. Because we know more than the world knows. They think that when we die, that that's just it. The lights go out and there's nothing after that. But we know better. Let's continue. Verse 54. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Remember, revelation, whatever God says, never fails. So if it was said in the Bible but has not happened yet, it will. Listen, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? for sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power see don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that and as soon as we hear don't do this don't do that the sin in us wants to do exactly that when mom says don't touch those cookies those are for dessert but they just came out and they're in a bowl and there's no way she could have counted them all sin rises up in you say ah she won't know until you reach into that bowl and it's hot and you say ow! and she said boy what happened did you touch those cookies that's not a true story let's continue verse 58 this is very important listen so my dear brothers and sisters this talking to us Man, we've got an incredible future in God. This isn't it. Don't don't be ah, don't be depressed and despondent about the coronavirus and the economy and all. This isn't it. This world is fading to give to give life to a greater one. God is working on a kingdom that will never perish or fail. And when that kingdom's ready, it's going to come down that new Jerusalem, and that's where we're going to live forever with God. That is our triumph. You see, God did not come to fix this world. This world's going to burn like an oven. This world has a death sentence already. What he came to do was save his people, and he's going to remove his people from this earth and then put them on the new heaven and the new earth. That is our hope in Jesus Christ. That's why nothing should bother you ever, because all these things that we go through, the Bible calls them just light afflictions just temporary, just momentary. Why hang your head low when you've got forever with Jesus? Just because you have a bad moment doesn't mean that it's going to wreck your eternity. You got to have your faith set high and listen to what the scripture says right here. Dear brothers and sisters, verse 58. Be strong and immovable. Be strong and immovable. What's that mean? The Christ in you. There's a command from heaven for us to be strong and immovable. To be immovable means that you cannot be easily moved. That just because the government or society or your neighbors or whoever else, politicians, say move or do this, I, I, I'm immovable I don't move can you imagine the children of Israel out in the in the wilderness and they've got the holy spirit there they've got God there uh, as a flame at night and as a cloud by day and they were told you don't move unless the flame or the cloud moves but then here comes the Philistines saying hey you guys need to go over there and the Philistines are bigger than you and they're scarier than you And they're saying that they're going to kill you. Do we move? No. Everything in you will want to scream and run and move because that's your flesh. But what I'm telling you is that if you are a real Christian, that the power of God lives on the inside of you, and you're not afraid of anything or anyone, because if God be for you, who can be against you? You've got to resolve in yourself that I would rather live for God and die right here than run to save myself. The Bible says if you seek to save your life, you'll lose it, but if you're willing to lose it for his sake, you will find it. It's time for weak Christianity to go out with yesterday's garbage. It's time for us to rise up under the power and anointing of the God that we say we serve. I don't serve a God that is far away. We should serve a God that lives right here in the midst of us. That is real Christianity. Real Christianity is the fact that we have been recreated after the image of God and he has empowered us with the same power that he he has i'm tired of weak christianity i know that god is tired of it as well nobody wants a weak team to represent them it's march madness right now and these teams are trying to win the ncaa tournament when they get there they don't put their third string in they put their first string in So what heaven's looking for right now is the first string Christians. Where are the first string? I'm sick of the third string representing us outside in this world. God wants the first string to come up. You see, David is dead. Moses is dead. Jonah is dead. The disciples are dead. Elijah, Elisha, they're all dead. They're gone. But God has a people of 2021. Where are those who call him by name? and those that he knows full of his anointing and full of power not afraid of anything that is a Christian when Jesus comes back he said will I find faith on the earth praise God so my dear brothers and sisters be strong and immovable always work Ooh. Ah, did you really have to go there? Pastor, I was with you. I was we were we were going somewhere nice until you put that word work in there. But listen, church, he didn't save us just from hell, he saved us to do a work as well. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord we work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Church, say this to me. I have an assignment. That assignment is that assignment that God has given you to be a light in this earth and salt in this earth. God didn't save you just to go to church on Sundays and listen to Christian music throughout the week and try your best not to cuss people out. God saved you so that he could put his same spirit on the inside of you so your life could have the same impact that Jesus's life had when he was here. For the word of God says that as Jesus was in this earth, so are we so god save you to have a kingdom impact your life should be having a jesus size impact if your family should be so blessed because jesus is in your family your employer should be so blessed because jesus works there you should have a jesus size effect everywhere you go if he really lives inside of you And that's the question we have to begin asking ourselves. If we are Christians, that means that we are Christ-like. And everything that he did, he said, he prayed, he commanded, we are able to do as well. And if your faith is not still with me, then your faith needs to wake up right now. You have the same power and authority as Jesus Christ. How do I know? Because he gave it to you. He gave it to you to exercise. You are not generic Christians. You are not third string Christians. You are not wannabe Christians. You are those that Jesus Christ saved from darkness, put into his light to represent his glorious kingdom. That's way different than just somebody that comes to church. Let's continue. What is the blessing then of living this life? In Christ, there has to be some rewards. And this is a sermon that Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. Father, as I read this, my prayer in Jesus' name is that these blessings would come alive and they would seem to be to us things that are attainable to us right now. And the reason, God, that I believe that these blessings that we're about to read are attainable to us right now is because you live in us and we live in you for your word says that it is in you that we live and we move and we have our being God I thank you that we are living the blessed life we are living the blessed life say this with me church we are living the blessed life thank you father I thank you for this agreement with the body of Christ that we're living the blessed life now father show us in your word the triumph that we have of living life in you and you and us through your Sermon on the Mount. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he began teaching them, saying, Blessed, say, blessed. Blessed or spiritually prosperous, happy, to be admired, are the poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance, those who regard themselves as insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. Church, say, blessed. Blessed or forgiven, refreshed by God's grace, are those who mourn over their sins and repent, for they will be comforted when the burden of sin is lifted. Church, say, blessed. Bless. Blessed, inwardly peaceful, spiritually secure. I'm talking about you. Worthy of respect are the gentle, the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled, for they shall inherit the earth. Church, say, blessed. Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who actively seek right standing with God for they will be completely satisfied. Say blessed. Blessed, content, sheltered by God's promises are the merciful for they will receive mercy. Church, say blessed blessed anticipating God's presence ooh that's good to anticipate God's presence that's when you know you're blessed when you just anticipate God's presence we've got somebody that's out sick right now who's watching online I hope that you're anticipating God's presence there's some of you that might have an interview this week or you need favor in your life this week but you're so blessed hallelujah that you're anticipating God's presence that's the beauty of living the Christ life Jesus' loves lack nothing when he was here that's the beauty of having christ on the inside of you that you anticipate god to just show up not only do you anticipate god's presence but you are spiritually mature are the pure in heart those with integrity moral courage and godly character for they shall see god church say bless Blessed, spiritually calm, with life joy in God's favor, are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they will express his character and be called the sons of God. Say this with me I am a peacemaker. What that means is you don't you don't stir up strife. That you don't get into heated arguments. That when they're fighting about politics that you become the peace in the room. Even though you might be a card carrying whatever, it doesn't matter. You're a peacemaker. You're not here to make war. You're here to make peace because blessed are the peacemakers. Why? Because they will see God. I'm sorry, the pure in heart for they will see God. Let's continue. Church say blessed. Blessed comforted by inner peace and god's love that's that felt good to say say it with me i am comforted by inner peace and god's love that means you're blessed okay are those who are persecuted for doing that which is morally right for theirs is the kingdom of heaven both now and for ever. news break news alert right now breaking news this society, in this world, the persecution of Christians is being turned up and right now it's called the cancel culture. They're just practicing on each other. They're gaining strength on each other. They're turning on each other. And I thank God for confusion in their camp right now, but pretty soon it's going to be aimed at us. Who are who do you think you are? You think you're better than us? They're going to aim all that hate. They're going to aim it all at Christians. All right? They're going to mock you for your faith they're gonna they're gonna do things and call it normal they're gonna do things and call it the standard but when you refuse to do those things they're gonna mock you and say that you're a danger to society and you're gonna be persecuted for righteousness sake but that's okay because your reward for being persecuted while here on earth is the kingdom of heaven both now and forever so let them talk about you let them dog you you just stay in faith because, say this with me, I am blessed. So every time you talk about me, you're blessing me. Every time you persecute me, you're blessing me. Every time there's strife and I go in and be the peacemaker, I'm being blessed. You can't help but live a blessed life when Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you. If you're depressed and if you're despondent and if you're afraid and if you're scared and worried and anxious, that is not a blessed life. How can you be a Christian all those things. Now listen I know discouragement comes I know trouble comes and I'm not saying that you lose your Christianity but you have to be able to do something David knew how to do. David when he was troubled and had nowhere to turn he said you know what there's no praise team out here there's no pastor out here it's just me alone in this cave and I'm going to encourage myself in the lord see hallelujah when you're blessed the presence of the lord goes with you everywhere you go so what the, the reason we get afraid and anxious is because we become forgetful the trouble looks bigger than the triumph that's living on the inside of us already my father before he died used to say this he said You can see more with your eyes closed. You see, with your eyes open, you see what Fox and CNN and your neighbor and all this, you see what they're all saying, and that can bring you trouble. But you don't live by what you see, Christians. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. So as my father said, when you're overcome by the things you see, shut your eyes and you'll be able to see more. You'll be able to see into the spirit. You'll be able to say, God, what are you up to? I don't know what's going on. I don't like what I see, but I don't live by what I see. I live by faith because I am, church say, I am blessed. blessed. We are blessed. Finally. Blessed, morally courageous, and spiritually alive with life, joy, and God's goodness, are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of your association with me. Be glad and exceedingly joyful. For your reward in heaven is great. And the Amplified, this is what it says about your reward in heaven. It is absolutely inexhaustible. Say this with me. Say, my blessings are absolutely inexhaustible. Both now and forever. You see, listen. The reason it was so easy for my wife and I to give away that money, uh, and I'm just testifying to God's goodness, is because God gave me a revelation about giving. He gave me a revelation about giving that made me a very rich man. I'm super rich. No, you can't borrow any money, but if you need it, I can help you out. But I am super, super rich because I had a revelation. You see tithing okay uh they say tithing is 10 percent, and that's just a good baseline but we don't live by the law anymore it's whatever you decide to give in your own heart that's what you give because god likes a joyful 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 giver so when you give joyfully god says okay i received that uh, that offering okay and so forever i was given just 10 percent And then several years back, I said, you know what, God, you sure are good to me. I said, God, I'm going to give you a raise. I'm going to give you, I'm not just going to give 10% anymore. I'm going to give you a raise. I'm going to trust you because here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. It's not just the 10% that belongs to God. It's 100%. It's all God's money. So if he tells me to give more than I require, it's okay because it's all his. Don't be scared. I'm I'm trying to teach you how to be blessed. I'm trying to shock you out of poverty right now. Listen to what I'm saying to you. It all belongs to God. So if I say, okay, God, all of my money that I have, it belongs to you. Do you know what he says from heaven? okay you get it now your blessings are inexhaustible now all that i have belongs to you as well therefore i stand here on earth just as rich as god why Because he is my Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. And anytime he wants to bless me, he can. Do you know why? Because he trusts me. And anytime he asks me to bless somebody, I will. Stingy people will never be blessed ever okay and this is the new this is the new testament standard the new testament standard is this god's got me here because he wants to bless somebody in the room the rest of you can just be angry and lemon-faced and i'll pass this part in a moment but anyway god wants to bless some people financially in here so i gotta teach you something right now the new testament standard of giving is this if you sow a little you reap a little But if you sow bountifully, you reap Bountifully, so it's no longer about the five percent, the ten percent, the eight percent, the nine percent. You just say, "Forget the percents, God. I just want to be a blessing to your kingdom. And the more I bless your kingdom, the more you bless me. Why? Because I am not a storehouse anymore with a wallet shut tight. I have opened up my finances and my life to be a distribution center of heaven. So if I am a distribution center of heaven, then He can send finances my way at any time. Why? Because he knows that he can say, I want you to give this man this much money and if God is going to tell me to give this man that much money he's got to make sure I have a supply that's greater than the Island County Sheriff's Office. He's got to make sure I have a supply that's greater than New Life Christian Ministries. My finances are tied to God, Jehovah God because I have determined that all I have belongs to him. That was not in the sermon at all, but God wants to bless somebody in here. The devil the devil will use poverty to keep you afraid, afraid to give, afraid to sow. That's not living by faith. When you say, well, if I give this much, I can't pay this bill. Why'd you curse yourself? Why'd you say that? Why are you speaking that over your finances? What you should be saying is that I'm gonna give this amount of money, and I'm not even gonna miss it because God's gonna bless me because I'm obedient and I love Him. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to make some. I think He wants to make some millionaire. I don't know. Hundred airs better than being a dollar air, right? Trust God. Man, I don't know where that. I know where it came from, but. Uh, Wow. All right. Where were we, Lord? All right. We got through the blessings. Okay. So the purpose of living this life in Christ is this. Matthew 5, verses 13 and 14. All right. It says this. We have an assignment. Okay. So how many are thankful that God spared your soul and saved your life? (laughs) Praise God. We're very thankful for that. But listen, don't get sad about this part. You got work to do because of that. Because he wants to save some other people. It's not just about you. So listen to the assignment in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste or its purpose, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and walked on by people when the walkways are wet and slippery. So listen, this was the illustration that God gave me earlier this morning. If you take a glass of pure spring water, and then you dump in it a cup of salt, that spring, that spring water now has a new name. It's called what now? Salt water. Listen, if you take a man who was a sinner and he has faith in Jesus Christ, And his sins have been removed, and Christ now lives in that man. That man is no longer just a man. That man is a Christian. That woman is a Christian. They are a man or a woman of God. You are labeled by whatever you contain. So whatever is on the inside of you is what you are. They're called sinners because they have sin living on the inside of them. And you're called Christians because you have Christ living on the inside of you. Verse 14, you are the light of Christ to the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. So the triumph of Jesus Christ and living a life in him is not only what happens for us or to us, but what God wants to do through us. We don't want to be the Dead Sea. We don't want to have nothing that flows out of us to truly be a christian you have to have christ and his love and his compassion and his power not only active in you but flowing through you i'll say it again your purpose as a christian is not just to enjoy the benefits of christ but to share those benefits as well kimberly still here yes there she is you can come back because if you play the piano it'll let me know I should be winding up and let these people go home all right so here are the radical results of living life in Christ here is a prayer that Paul prayed for the church and it's so powerful that I want you to receive it now so Holy Spirit, as I read these verses, again, I pray that revelation would come to your church, and God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would impart this truth into our hearts, God, that we could become this righteous and holy nation, this peculiar people that you're calling us to be, God. We are, I'm sick of watered-down Christianity. I know that you are. Your word says if we are not hot or cold, but lukewarm, you will spit us out of Of your mouth. So, my prayer, God, is that you would allow your church to really be your church. We are the bride of Christ. You are the head. We are the body. As I read this prayer, God, I pray that it would empower your people through this revelation and give them strategy for triumph and victory in Jesus' name. All right, listen to this. So, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you these are Christians that he was writing to in uh, Colossians we ask God to give you so these are some blessings these are some additional blessings that the church can have and that every single one of us needs we need these things from God we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will say this with me church Lord give me complete knowledge of your will it goes on to say and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding say this with me Lord give me spiritual wisdom and understanding let's stand up right now we're we're coming to a close I'm not finished but I just really want a transaction to occur I don't want you just to be parroting me saying things because I asked you to say them. I want you to stand in expectation that you live a blessed life and that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that the effectual and fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. So as you pray this prayer with me, this ancient prayer, we're going to believe that God's going to do something. He's going to do exactly what the prayer says. Can you praise God in belief in advance for believing that God's about to do something in this room because we need help in 2021. We need help. Listen. Listen, if the Antichrist spirit was in this earth over 2,000 years ago, then he's gained strength, he's gained people, he's gained politicians and governments, he's stronger now than he was 2,000 years ago, but still not as strong as us, the body of Christ. So we need some additional help and some additional blessings, and we're going to pray this together. Father, Believing you for complete knowledge of your will, for spiritual wisdom and understanding, for honor and to please the Lord. I believe that my life produces every kind of good fruit. I will grow as I learn. To know God better and better I will be strengthened with all his glorious power I will have all the endurance and patience I need I am filled with joy I always thank the father He has enabled me to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Father, we thank you for this prayer that we've all prayed now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just ask right now that you would just let this word be settled in our hearts. We thank you for the triumph that we have from living in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have given us the ministry of reconciliation because we ourselves have been reconciled. What does it mean to be reconciled? It means that we will stand in your presence, holy and blameless, without a single sin on our record. We thank you for that, God. Now I pray, Holy Spirit, as you take us from this series into wherever we go from here, I pray that nothing would be lost, not one word fall to the ground from what we've learned about living a life in Christ. I pray that those who have not heard the whole series will go online on YouTube and listen to the message that they have missed, God. Because you need more Christ people on this earth. You need more Christians, God, on this earth. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you've done for us, God. We give ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. May you find us holy and acceptable. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.